Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Winning Plays podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Our Winning Plays podcast is back, and the Celtics are tied up at 2-2 two two in the Eastern Conference Finals. My name is Brian Robb. Thrilled to be joined today by Sean Silver of 98.5 The Sports Hub. You can follow him at the Silver Fox on Twitter. That's Silver, S-Y-L-V-E-R. He's a hoop head. He's been all over 98.5 The Sports Hub Celtics coverage all year long on the airwaves and quite fine writer for 98.5thesportshub.com. Sean, how are you? Thanks for coming aboard. Hey, thank you, Brian. It's great to be on this pod with you. As I said before, I'm a, an avid listener, so it's uh, good to chop it up with you. Uh, certainly after the Celtics secured a win in game four, I think that's a result we were looking for. It would be Pretty crappy if they were down 3-1 right now and we're having this conversation. So a little bit of a lighter side to this uh, this one today. Yeah, this is going to be a, a different tone for sure on that front. So, I mean, we'll look more forward-looking in this pod as opposed to Game 4, but we'll, we should give Game 4 its due, even though it was decided roughly in the first seven or eight minutes of that one. Yeah, The, uh, the, the storylines are obvious in terms of... Um, you know, the injuries, obviously Tatum had a great night. Um, Derek White stepped up. But what, is there anything below the surface or just like, you know, maybe beyond the box score that kind of stood out to you from this game and or just from the the complexion of the series so far that's uh, that makes you feel good one way or another in terms of where this thing is going? Yeah, well, you know, I always kind of take the temperature on, on how the Celtics are doing uh, based on texts I received from friends or family. Sure. So, you know, my brother was talking to me after last night's game, and he's just like, man, another one of these games where it's like a 25-point deficit in the first half. It's just crazy how just, you know, one way or the, the other. It's it's like, a, I'm trying to think, what, what's the scientific uh, explanation for this? It's it's a very schizophrenic season. I, I, uh, <laughs> that I don't know. It's, it's all over the place. So you really don't know what you're getting uh, one game to the next. And it would be nice maybe to have a, a barn burner game. I guess we kind of got that in game three when you think about, you know, the fact that the Celtics came all the way back. But really, you've been able to make an assessment on what's going to happen very early in these games. Uh, in this series. I think if you look at last night's game in particular, um, one of the reasons why the complexion may shift so drastically from one game to the next may just be on account of the injuries. Yeah. I mean, you look at uh, what Jimmy Butler or Kyle Lowry being limited might have done to the Heat last night. You look on the other end, what a healthy Rob Williams does and how that totally shuts down what Bam Adebayo was doing in game three. I mean, he was keeping the Heat out of the lane. He was a force. He was, uh, you know, getting 
all kinds of offensive rebounds. I remember there was one, I think it was in the second quarter where he and Grant Williams were just going after offensive rebounds. Eventually Rob gets the final tip in the C's had 14 offensive rebounds as a team. So, you know, just things like that, able to shut down what was good for the heat and game three. Um, you know, those are, those are some of the things that I'm looking at. And then when you look at game five, seems like Tyler hero might be coming back from Miami. We don't know about Marcus smart. So how will the return or lack of return from those guys affect what we see? And again, we might see a monumental seismic shift from one game to the next. Right. I want to, you, you brought up the rebounding there. I want to hit on that for a second. I feel like that was not really talked about at all, but that, that was a huge deal in that game. Cause not only were the heat like missing everything, yeah, but they were getting no offensive glass. And like you said, like having Rob in there, having Horford in there, just having that huge size difference in play here made a big difference. And then with the heat switching, once like Bam Adebayo gets pulled out of the lane into the perimeter, that leaves Rob, Al, and Grant to just pound the offensive glass there. So even though the Celtics weren't shooting well in the first for a lot of the first half of that game, they just they still were able to clean up enough and and keep that lead building and building even on their way to like a 40% shooting night overall. Yeah. I don't know where exactly I heard it, but you know, that I, somebody said that the heat, they're a big team, you know, they play tough, but they're not a tall team. No. And you know, the Celtics just having the ability to change the complexion of, of what happens in the paint is uh, so important to them. And, you know, shutting down, shutting down drives at the rim. You know, that's Butler going in, you know, venturing into the paint and getting fouled. He had 18 free throws, uh, in game one, uh, he didn't have anywhere close to that. And I thought it was funny when you look at Butler, he shot three for 14 last night, which is exactly what Jason Tatum shot <laughs> in the previous game. So it was Jimmy Butler's night to struggle. It was the Heat's game to have trouble getting to the basket. Uh, they weren't getting the foul, call, foul calls. They were settling for those jumpers. They looked flat offensively, kind of like the Celtics did in the previous game. So uh, everything, again, just very topsy-turvy, switches back to Boston. And, and, and the Celtics, in all, they didn't have a, a ton of rebounds. It was just their ability to use those to shut down the heat, to get out in transition, like Al Horford grabbing a rebound and just dribbling up the court. Like right. that, that eagerness to go out there and do that, the, the, uh, the defense leading to offense that Ime Odoka always preaches, the Celtics executing those tenets of their existence uh, really just helped them last night. Yeah, the... Al Horford only had five points in that game. I think he was the second best Celtic in that game. Yeah. Um, just from, a, I mean, the 13 rebound round speed for itself, four blocks. Um, but like you said, just being the engine to the offense in terms of getting them out and pushing. And then particularly defensively, like, I think he, Bam Adebayo only had, I think, f- looks like five shot attempts, period, in a game where obviously nothing was going offensively. And that's, I think, a large part. Like, Al, you know, spends the most amount of time on him and he got he got worked in game three yeah. like in that first half and then those shots those, everything just disappeared there and you know having rob as the, the help side defender obviously helps on that front but it was also like hey yeah i i'm not giving you anything tonight like i saw you i'm ready for your aggression now and i'm gonna be shutting you down wherever you try to go at us on the floor and bam out of bio is you know he's a great player in the right spots but yep. he's not going to be able to get you know 25 just on his own every night not a traditional post player, you know, and that's that's one of the things when you're in today's NBA, you can get by a lot of nights not having a traditional post offensive skill set. Bam Adebayo, obviously very talented, all-star caliber player, but if you can kind of flummox him and, and make him be something that he doesn't want to be, that's great. I think Miami was eight for 17 in the paint 
I think I'm quoting that stat right. Uh, that's under 50%. I know that from math class. Uh, so that <laughs> that's bad. And, you know, remember Al Horford a, a few years ago, it might've been his first tenure here. He said, like, I don't like playing center. And there was all this talk about, well, it's the modern NBA and you can't have more than one big guy out there with Al Horford. He's too slow to play power forward. We saw what happened in Philly with him trying to play alongside Embiid. But when you get a, an athletic guy like a Williams, who's more switchable, more versatile, super athletic, it, it's kind of like it doesn't matter who's the power forward and who's the center. They're just doing a job cohesively. So as long as Williams is healthy for game five, and I hope he is, Udoka didn't really let too much on uh, in the presser. Uh, but we're going to find out. And uh, if that combination is intact, it'll certainly help. No question. And it, it's, I mean, we've seen it all postseason long when they've been full with their starting five, even though White and Place Smart here, they weren't totally full here, but that's, I think, you know, obviously a very replaceable piece in terms sure. of when White is playing at that level. Yeah. It just, you know, there, there was just no defensive drop-off there. And so I guess now my, before we turn more to the Celtics here, when I look at what, the heat were doing last night and you know we like the starting numbers were you know combined 18 points just obviously some horrific numbers that were will probably never be replicated in a postseason game for years now but when you just go down the line here and say okay like i look at butler he obviously sat out the second half of game three looked nowhere close to himself in game four kyle lowry had a nice game three game four i don't know like it looks like he almost didn't even want to shoot if that makes sense, like he, he would drive the lane and then the, the Celtics would just be playing him to pass. And they, that's how they got a ton of their, their turnovers there, I feel like. And so when you look at that part of it, Max Drews, you know, coming back down to earth, it's, it's hard to say like, okay, what, what can the Heat do here to, to start scoring unless the Celtics start, you know, dribbling the ball off their foot again and again, like they did in game three in the, in one quarter of game one. Yeah, they got to have health. They got to have facilitation, and maybe Hero can help with that. I mean, he was what a twenty-four and four player, I think, during the regular season. So he's, you know, as much as you may may or may not like him, he's definitely a guy with multiple dimensions out there. Could kind of help. Um, but yeah, they got to they got to knock down shots. And Duncan Robinson even got some run. You know, here he's a guy who played himself out of the rotation. He's such a defensive liability. So you match him up with a guy like Struess, who wasn't giving anything offensively and was getting burned defensively. I don't know how much more we're going to see of Max Struess uh, in this series. Um, Victor Oladipo getting going is interesting. I've always been a big Oladipo fan, and we've seen him kill the Celtics when he was on Indiana. So if uh, you know Spolster could find a, a, a lineup that that works. Uh, kind of, it sounds very oversimplified to say if he could find a lineup that works on both ends of the floor, but you know, you got to have guys who are going to be able to give you, you can't have more than one defensive black hole on the floor at once. The Celtics are going to exploit that. They clearly showed that. And uh, you got to have guys who can, can drive and dish and give the Celtics some fits because if they're not knocking down shots and they're not getting to the rim, what is Miami really doing? Exactly. It's, it's pretty simple when, to beat a defense like this, you have to have that kind of ball movement. And this is a team last night where the reads were easy for the Celtics and yeah. the ball movement just was not there. And I don't know if we gave enough, enough due to Derek White. I know you and I have been uh, waiting for that to, to come around the, the big Derek White game. And after the first quarter, you know, in terms of points, you know, it wasn't really there, but he went on that personal 7-0 run to start. And it just felt like he was in the middle of everything he was he was on the ground a lot 
which just shows he was trying to get those 50-50 balls. He was trying to, um, you know, be be a defensive presence and and uh, have some active hands in the passing lanes and just generally being Marcus Smart light, I guess, out there. But uh, Derek White you know, filled in very well in that capacity. It was nice to see him get going as well. Defensively, I think he's been pretty consistent all postseason long, but you, you just need those those jolts from him. And if this is going to be a finals team, I feel like, and it doesn't have to be 20 points, but even though those eight points to start the game, you know, that was a game changer in so many ways. I almost have to, you know, impacted how the heat were going to defend them the rest of the night being like, okay, he's actually being aggressive tonight. And we have to account for that as opposed to the first two games that he played in the series, he took six total shots in those two games. And as opposed to the first quarter of game four, he took eight shots. So that that's a huge difference in that. If he can, at least provide that semblance of a threat. Like that's, that's a big deal for this offense. That's what they traded for him for. I mean, obviously the the defense has been pretty consistent, like you said, but he is a guy who's been average, been able to average 13 to 15 points in this league. He's not necessarily going to have to do this on Boston, but if he can have those double figure games, he can have those games where he doesn't take over, but just gives you a different look. You started that last statement with Brian, uh, if they're going to be a finals team and it's, it's funny when you look at like game three, it's, it's just like, Oh, wow. You know, if the, if the heat are doing this to the Celtics right now and and they're not even a hundred percent, what are say the, what's the warriors death lineup going to do to the Celtics? The the Celtics do have some weaknesses, whether it's uh, being prone to turnovers, not having guys who can dribble penetrate uh, with uh, super consistent manner. Um, you know, there's, there's a, a number of different things that I could tick off, but if you've got Tatum and Brown, you got a puncher's chance and it's going to take that supporting cast of filling in you know, from game to game. And we've even, even seen it this series and in the games that the Celtics have won, they've had different supporting cast guys really step up and, uh, and, uh, take on that role seriously. All right. We're going to get more into what we think is going to happen here for the rest of the series in a second. At first, we're going to hear from our sponsor at Bet online, which continues to be the number one sports, one number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including playoff odds for basketball, for the NBA, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and some of your Vegas casino and poker games. Really easy to get started. Just head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. And use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Tom, we got a 2 2 2 series now. Game five usually tells the tale where this series is going to go. Then yeah. again, we saw last series in the second round, even if you lose game five in a dramatic fashion, um, it isn't necessarily over. How, what's your read on where this series is going now? Is this a matter of did the Celtics figure things out in game four and just have a simple formula to get past them now? Or do you expect, you know, the, the third counterpunch to come from Miami here and, and really stretching these things out? Yeah, it's really a question of how many counterpunches can you have? I think in, you know, you look at game two, you probably thought that the Celtics had figured it out. And I, and I do think that the Celtics... You know, Miami's got a deep bench, but I, I do think that the Celtics have the the better team. I mean, they just went on to bet online to look, and 
And, you know, the, the Celtics have been favored in this series. So, um, you know, Ime Odoka said in the presser today uh, something to the effect of, you know, we, uh, we ah, should, should I look up that quote? Because it was a good one. Yeah, pull it up. But it was yeah, a doozy. There's a few good ones after last night from a standpoint. Even Rob Williams, who yeah. isn't too outspoken. Did you see that yep. one? Yeah, I saw the Rob quote. I, I love that because you know, Rob has seen it the same way. You know, just mentioned what happened in Milwaukee in the previous series. How many times can you do that? How many times can you go down and and come back? And I mean, yeah, the Celtics have been great at responding uh, through the second half of the regular season in the playoffs. It's kind of become a hallmark. It's it's one of the talking points that you know any national pundit is going to have about what what the Celtics do, but. In this case, I mean, Udoka said it so far in this series has been the team that's been down. That's responded. Well, we need to buck that trend. Yeah. They, you know, they need to build on what they did in game four. And they really, they really can't afford to have a stinker from Brown or Tatum in this game. And, you know, if, if it's a barn burner, fine. Um, but they need to go out there. And, and I, I think this is, this is pivotal because of the fact that Miami would have home court advantage if it's game seven. And just because how lucky can you be doing this multiple times in the playoffs, being down three, two and coming back. So this needs to be a Celtic game. If, if we're going to be talking about them moving on. I agree. I mean, the, the margin of error just gets razor thin. If you're going into a, a game seven on the road uh, yeah. against a team like Miami, who just is built to kind of grind it out in games like that, where, you know, probably the whistles are swallowed and it's kind of anything goes. And Speaking of your point for, for game five of Jalen and, and Jason, I mean, I think game five is a huge game for Jalen because Jalen did not play well, no. um, particularly offensively in game four. He was five of 20 from the field. He started out, I thought, you know, he was the one like uh, weak spot in the offense. They kind of really took off even more once he got out of the game with two fouls. And so um, he'll be, I think, hungry for a bounce back there. And in the fact that now that he, on paper should be the second best player in the series. Now, if, if Jimmy Butler is hobbled, like he has to kind of, I think take advantage of that and like be able to outwork these guys. If, if guys like Lowry, Tucker, Butler are just, you know, they're just grinding it out and don't necessarily have in the tank what they usually do. He was hyped for game four. You could tell that he was all amped up, but that was kind of to his detriment. And it's, it's weird when you look at Jalen, you know, game to game, you know, a 40 point game, but seven turnovers, you know, there's some games where he has a great first quarter and then kind of falls off. It's like the, the where's Jalen, you know, the disappearance of Jalen Brown. He was, he's a key to the Celtics say taking a lead in a game, but then when you need him later, it's, it's like they've gotten away from him. I don't know if they'll ever necessarily figure this out or if, there's too much, you know, when you have two wings, the caliber of, of a Brown and a Tatum where there's just going to be, you know, it's, it's your turn. It's my turn. That's always going to be a, a part of their offense to a degree, but for Jalen to be consistent game to game, I think it's going to be very important, particularly if they want to roll into the finals here. So yeah, this is, this is a big game for him. Also, if say Miami looks at game four and says, Hey, that was another big Tatum game. We're going to key in on him. We're going to do something with Tatum, try and knock him off. Not to say he's going to finish with 10 points again, but say Tatum finishes with 17 or 18. Then you need Jalen Brown to finish with a lot more than that. No question about that. Do you, what's your bet on what smart you think smart comes plays game five, no matter what, or do they try to give him a couple more days there and say, Hey, like let's, let's break in case of emergency in terms of us being on the brink um, and give him those extra couple of days as opposed to getting him back in the picture. And then maybe 
making it even worse and you don't get it, you know, like what yeah. percentage of smart do you need to, to, to win in that game? Yeah. I mean, when you're talking about how pivotal a game five is, you'd, you'd think, Oh, we, we really need him out there. If we can get him out there, if there's any chance, but you said break in case of emergency. I mean, we watched that game, you know, when Marcus smart went down, it looked like that ankle was broken and he was going to be sent to an emergency room. Like that looked awful and <laughs> to expect a guy to come back in a few days and, and be able to be everything that he's capable of is a tall order. I'm sure he's going to try. Um, but again, if, if you can get Derek white to, to do some of the things that Marcus can do, if you can survive and advance um, and maybe get him back for a game six or a game seven, I heard Max say that, you know, he, he mentioned to Marcus walking out last night, like, Hey, your, your, your guys got you another chance. And said, absolutely. You know, this is extending this series out, you know, maybe uh, would be helpful to um, well, I guess, you know, winning this game would be helpful in postponing Marcus smarts return. And if, if you're able to postpone it all the way to the finals, that would probably be the best case scenario, sure. but uh, you may, you may need him. I, I wouldn't throw him out there for five. And I, I don't you know know what the medicals are right now. What, what's your thought on that? Yeah, I, I would do this. I would lean unless he's like 90, unless there's significant improvement. Um, I would, I would hold him because yeah. wait, I think white and Pritchard are just playing well enough right now where that's not a, like a huge concern. Like, because I don't know if you can beat the Warriors in the finals if smart is at, you know, 60, 70, 80% for that series. Right. And so, and even, and I think if you bring him back early in this series, he could hurt you just as much as he could help you um, with, if he's not there offensively and is, is struggling to, to you know, obviously it may, it might help the fact that he could be like, Hey, Lowry's not at hundred percent either. So it's not like he's going to be burning me all over the floor. Um, but that's kind of the, I feel like the Celtics have done well all postseason long, whether it's smart or Rob or whoever, just like picking the spot, the spots of those guys, like everyone's kind of looked like they've been ready to go when they've been back on the court. And yeah. so that I feel yeah. like is an important trend to continue here um, as the, as the stakes get even higher. It's amazing. And that's a good point. It's amazing how ready those guys have been when they've been deemed ready. Um, so obviously there's some, some feel to this and, and Udoka and the Celtics medical staff, they're, they're managing that very well. You know, I, I do have a little bit of concern about the just the general ball handling, not so much the defense. And obviously, Marcus Smart gets the defensive plaudits, but the the Celtics, like straight up true ball handlers, it's a very limited list. You know, guys that you can trust. And if Miami is healthy enough uh, to to blitz and and you know just kind of make things difficult for the Celtics, bringing the ball up or or getting the ball, like, getting set into their offense that's a concern for me, but there's, there's ways around that. The Celtics have shown that in games where they've not had Marcus smart, healthy, not only in this series, but also with Milwaukee and Milwaukee, another, you know, highly effective uh, defensive team. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd let it ride uh, and see if we can get him back. It's, it's tough to really just be looking ahead. Like, Oh man, we got to worry about the warriors. But when you got Miami in front of you, but uh, it, it would be a best case scenario to have Marcus Smart ready for the Warriors, particularly if those Warriors are are nice and downy, soft and snuggle fresh <laughs> or uh, if, if they sweep the Mavericks and, and can uh, have like a week of rest here. Yeah, they'll certainly be maybe a little rusty if the Celtics are able to get that far. But mm -hmm. all right, but uh, yeah, let's let's wrap up this. How, how's this going to play out? What's what's your what's your feel right now? Is this going the distance? as have the Celtics turn the corner here um 
Or is, does the Heat have, um, are they going to bring back nightmares of 2020 for Celtics fans and, uh, and pull out uh, a couple more late game collapses that oh. Celtics offense just dis- discombust uh, randomly? Yeah, 2020 or 2012, you know, when the Celtics said yeah, that 2 2 lead. Sure. Completely different personnel, but uh, 10 years ago, almost almost the day here of that series going down. So I, I every time anybody's asked me a prediction, I think other than the Brooklyn series, uh, anytime anybody's asked me for prediction, I've been I've been wrong. Uh, but I, I just got to go with my gut. If Rob is healthy, I think the Celtics take game five. I do think there's a degree of them figuring it out. And I do think even if Harrow is back, like he was a minus 30 something uh, the other night, Wait. like, you know, so, I mean, yeah, he's a good player, but the, if the, if the Celtics have something that they figured out here and they can do it with the personnel that they have, bring it back to game six in Boston. Listen, if they're going to be a championship caliber team, if they're going to be a finals caliber team and get out of this, not rut because you've been to four Eastern conference finals in six years, but if you're finally going to make the leap, you need to show that you can put teams away when you have the opportunity. You can't just step back and say, Oh, things are better now. You know, we'll take care of it next game. No, no, there needs to be a sense of urgency. And, uh, and frankly, it would just be a lot better if the Celtics finish this in six and get a little bit of rest before the finals here, as opposed to what they had to do beating Milwaukee in seven and getting one day off and playing game one against Miami, where they didn't blow your doors off, but beat you pretty decisively in game one. So um, I'd, I'd love to see the Celtics execute what they want to do, show that, um, you know, championship mentality that they can go to the next level and uh, close out the heat. And just it's a lot of it's going to come down to what the health is for Boston and Miami. How about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I saw this in six before the series and barring any other health catastrophes for the Celtics here, I just think that they, they have the edge there when you look at how beaten up Miami is. I think it would be a lot more yeah. compelling situation now if, if Butler, if even a few of these guys were at full strength, but I think like, I think literally like Bam Adebayo is the only like meaningful player on their roster right now that is playing at a hundred percent. So right, when, you, right. when you factor that in factor, the fact, you know, how Rob looks, um, assuming that he can give it another go in these next couple of games. Um, I think you even have enough there with or without smart to kind of, to get the job done. Then I guess, yeah, the question is, will be, do they, do they go the easy way or do they go the hard way when they've been playing every other day for the last, uh, you know, two and a half weeks. And I mean, given how the season has gone, it, it, it won't surprise me if it's the hard way, but um, right. Maybe they learned a lesson from, uh, from last round. Maybe, you know, of course, now that we've both levied those very insightful yeah. takes, it's, it's totally going to go. Gonna six. Be heat and six. <laughs> yeah. Or heat and six. Exactly. Right. So we'll, we'll see, I guess how that pans out, but uh, it's, it's wild. I mean, you know, I don't want to like, jump the gun or anything but there's you know just you look back at 2017 and it was like the celtics are playing cleveland cleveland's clearly the better team this is a, a little bit of a cinderella story here like they're a try hard team this is fun we're just enjoying it they they stole one game from cleveland and then 2018 they they had three games they had a chance uh, nobody really expected that either and it was like okay fine 2020 i think people looked at it as a missed opportunity and now 2022 you have an opportunity right in front of you and i'm just like are we really ready? Like, are we ready? This, this kind of happened real fast. I mean, new year's came and one of my resolutions was not to buy an NBA finals ticket. <laughs> it's, it's just crazy how this has all come together. And again, I don't want to jinx anything, but here they are on the doorstep that just kind of underscores the importance of the Celtics making that step mentally 
They've shown that they're, you know, they're they're capable talent-wise of playing at a high level, but making the step mentally to close out a series and go on to the finals for the first time in 12 years. It's nuts. It would be a, the uh, do they make DVDs anymore about championship runs? Is, is that existing like the Blu-ray, whatever it is? That the the turnaround if they if they pull us off, that would yeah. be compelling, <laughs> a compelling film. That would be um, very compelling. You you uh, you get enough sleep. You ready for uh, for a deep run here, if 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 needed? Uh, no, I mean, I think every uh, writer, reporter, etc., would be will be le- desperately looking for this series to wrap up in six. Yeah. Uh, particularly if the Celtics advance, and there'll be six hour plane fights on our docket for the next few weeks, if that's the case. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, these I don't know these eight these eight forty five starts are killer. I, I, oh my gosh! It doesn't matter if you're writing about the game or we're just watching the game at home. It's uh, it's a good thing they didn't do this all postseason. That's all I can say. To, to correct me if I'm wrong, you know, I've been a little bit out of it, like post pandemic or during the pandemic, wherever we are in the stage of the pandemic, and it's obviously been a long time since the Celtics were in the finals, and I felt an urgency to be there for tip off every single night. But the finals games start even later, right? Like yeah, after those- nine. Yeah, after like nine fifteen, get your coffee ready. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Yeah, so that's they don't have to worry about that yet. But yeah, this no. is this has been a little sneak preview of that in the uh, in these last in these last two weeks here. But um, Sean, we will hopefully be revisiting with you in another week or two, perhaps discussing those games. Uh, but make sure you're following him on Twitter at the Silver Fox. That's Silver S Y L V E R Fox. Um, checking Sean out regularly on weekends at 98.5 sports Hub. also does a lot of anchoring of the Celtics radio broadcast um, and post game on there as well. So make sure if you were driving around or just listening from wherever um, to these games to Grady and Max, you check out Sean at halftime and for, for post game for these, for these weekend games as well. Yeah. I think if there's a game seven, I will be uh, working that. Ooh. So that could be a good so, one. Uh, yeah, could could definitely be a good one. I know for the Bucks game seven, there was a lot of elation from the people coming out, and it was it was kind of fun. Um, so <laughs> we'll certainly see how this one goes. It's it's going to be wild, you know. This this season hasn't uh, uh, it certainly hasn't given us uh, what we've expected at at any point in time. It's and and the the surprise is fun. You know, this is this is why we watch sports. This is why we get invested in it. So let's uh, let's hope for good things coming up in the days and weeks ahead. Yep, everyone buckle up. We'll be next exciting next few days and we'll be back with you guys regularly coming up in these next in the weekend, break down game five and game six and either look ahead to uh, an immediate finals matchup or uh, put a bow on this Celtic season. But um, thanks again, Sean, for hopping on. Thanks, uh, Rob. Rate, review, subscribe to Wing Plays Pod, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get us. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later this week.